Welcome to Mac and Jack Talks NBA. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to an exciting episode of Mac and Jack Talks NBA. So this week, we want to only solely focus on one topic, which is the first two meetings between the first top two seeds of the West, which is the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, who had a very great momentum off last season of making it to the. NBA Finals last year. So, what did you see, Mac? What I saw from the first game with uh, at November thirtieth, Golden State at Phoenix Suns home court, is that both teams had really good bench players. Another thing that stood out to me is that the ball movement, the continuity, the cutting. The three-point shooting, the team chemistry, and the off-the-bench players' contribution is quite impressive. Quite early on in the season, I know for Phoenix Suns they resigned most players and had most of their bench back, with only a handful of really new players such as Shamit and McGee. But I was surprised in that the Warriors, with so many new players, were still able to have that continuity. So I guess a full training camp with Steph Curry really helped a lot, and with the veterans such as Draymond Green, re-signing Andre Iguodala, who knew the system very well in and out. Having Andrew Wiggins for a few seasons now, having Kevon Looney back, really helped speed up some of the new players' development and integration into the offense and defense. As we all know, the Golden State Warriors rank as the number one best defense in the regular season this season, and it was really exciting to watch and show. A lot of the playoff atmosphere that you will see for a regular season game. A surprising fact is that in the first game, Curry actually shot one of his lowest ever three-pointer percentage at twenty-one point four percent, and Devin Booker only played fifteen minutes and was out with a hamstring injury. What did you see, Jack? So, what was very noticeable within the first game was. The turnovers for a team who emphasizes on ball movements, making sure that they make the right plays, getting the best shot. Having twenty-two pl-、uh, turnovers within the total of the whole game isn't really gonna cut you out.、Uh, but what I did realize was that Draymond Green was very good on the defensive rebound、uh, on the rebounding side and making sure that he was making the right plays with five steals. But it did also come with five turnovers. So decision-wise, it can be a bit better for Draymond Green, for a former Defensive Player of the Year, for a, a former champion too. So I know th- I'm pretty sure he knows that he holds himself high standards. He is the, his own biggest cr-、uh, critic on himself. So I do believe that I'll see improvements on that. I think. What really led to, it was a very close game in the first one, which was ninety six to one hundred four, where the Suns won won that game 
barely by eight points, but it was very close despite Curry having a very off game. What was really noticeable was that Steph Curry's field goal, which was four of 21. I believe that for out of his whole career, for a 20-shot attempt, that was his lowest field goal percentage of being shooting under 20%, uh, shooting 20%. And he wasn't assisting much. He wasn't rebounding much, like, compared to his usual consistency towards this season. But what really stood out was Jordan Poole. He was really a mini Steph Curry out there in the first game. He was doing a bit of everything, making sure that what the team doesn't get too relaxed on just when he makes his three pointers. He was driving in aggressive. He was making those floater shots. He was making those right plays uh, whenever he sees the open man. But what really stood out in the first showdown between the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors was the fact that Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. played 30 minutes, but he contributed 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. That is very impressive. And Gary Payton, too, was really aggressive, too. 8 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. That's really good for an off-bench player. So it comes to show you that both teams have no problem with their bench players because both teams' bench are pretty much on par, I would say. Because when you have, and that was without Andre Iguodala playing too. So I can't even imagine if Andre Iguodala played for the Golden State Warriors, what dynamic would it have for both showdowns? So I, I would be very interested to so we're seeing that in the playoffs at least, whether it's semifinals or the finals, you know? For the let's go on towards the Phoenix Sun size for the game one breakdown. Chris Paul had a very good game in his usual standard 15 points, 11 assists, six rebounds. But what was really outstanding, or the top department that was eye catching, was his five steals and only having two turnovers within that 11 assists. That comes to show you that. Chris Paul was making the right plays while also making sure that he makes timely steals. So I think that increased a bit on the Golden State Warriors turnover because you don't. We all know that Chris Paul is well known for his IQ when he's on the. He's another coach compared to when uh he's another coach when he's on the floor. That that's why. Point when you have smart IQ point guards, it makes a big difference towards the team because you are able to make timely defect the deflective flat passes, making the right plays. But what really stood out to me was Cam Johnson. He had a very solid 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, and Javon McGee, eight points in eight minutes. So that means that Javon McGee was getting the right actions with CP3 and Cameron uh, Cam. Uh, Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne was really aggressive towards that game when his playmaking in the first game. What really stood out was his improvements as a playmaker compared to the past few seasons with either with the Suns or other teams. Shamek was a really solid nine points off the bench. It's his usual, but I do hope that I can see that uh, Shamek can elevate his Knicks level towards the next level so it gives the phoenix suns another threat you know 
Let's go on to the worst, the second game. Second game, what when I saw the highlights, the first two, the first two quarters was really close. I think it was within a five point, a five point or seven point, uh, deficit for the Phoenix Suns. So that means they were really close. But what really stood out on why Golden State Warriors pulled out in the second half was. Phoenix Sun was missing 12 of their last 13 field goals and one point in the third quarter. That isn't really going to do a do a do it justice, you know. We all know Phoenix Suns won't always be having bad games like these. But when it matters most in like playoffs and finals when everything is at stake, comes to show you that you need to make sure that you have some consistent sets that you that you're able to run even when the offense isn't really flowing that well. I think that for the second showdown of that game, what really stood out was the bench. Because I believe the I believe the from the Golden State Warriors side, Jawan Toscano and Cameron Payton too. They both at least had 15 plus points. Yeah, it was Gary Payton the second and the Warriors fan favorite Toscano contributing 19 points and 17 points respectively, shooting a very high percentage field goal, 7 of 9 and 7 8 respectively. Those two combos along with Steph Curry, although he did not have an overall usual Steph Curry amazing game he did score a 54.5 three-point percentage which is a great increase from his career low 21 percent that along with I believe the not having Devin Booker play kind of hurt the Phoenix Suns Devin Booker has been an improved playmaker has been a stable scorer and was able to penetrate the defense and not make Chris Paul or Cameron Payne really have to handle the ball and do a bit of everything. Although Mikael Bridges and Cameron Payne did improve a bit and having Shamit helped a bit as well offload some of the ball distribution from Chris Paul. It's really Devin Booker being the one-two punch, able to hold up that scoring and being a constant threat that makes it hard for defenses to really hone in on them. That's true. Having Devin Booker and Chris Paul as a one-two punch also takes a lot of pressure for the rest of the other teams because uh, for other teammates on the team because you can know that when you're either guarding Chris Paul. Or when you're having Devin Booker guarding Devin Booker, you would know that at least two there will be double teams at least once or twice within whoever handles has the ball or whoever is gonna shoot. You know, that comes to show you that missing Devin Booker is a sad, sad fact for Phoenix Suns because we can obviously note Devin Booker has been with the Phoenix Suns from day one when he was drafted. Whether it was going through the rough times towards seeing the sunlight now like in the valley right now, that comes to show you that 
Devin Booker is the soul of your team. You know, he is your soul. That comes to when you when you're missing your soul, you will be lacking a bit. But I did like seeing the the Andre pay uh uh the Andre Ayton being aggressive with twenty three points. But what really kind of stood out was his lack of defense, his lack of defensive rebound compared to his previous game. In the last game, he at least got eleven rebounds, which was a double double. In this game, he was only grabbing six total rebounds. For a big man, especially for the Golden State Warriors, who are undersized, going well known for going small, I believe you could have been a bit more aggressive. CP3 had his usual twelve points, eight re uh, eight assists, three rebounds, but four turnovers is quite a bit. That means that every two passes that Chris Paul makes, there is one turnover. For a smart IQ player, I believe. There are rooms for improvements. I'm pretty sure that Chris Paul won't have many of those kind of off turn bad turnover games. But again, the the bench is really solid for the Phoenix Suns because Cameron Johnson also contributed twelve points. Smith also gave you seven points. McGee gave you six point seven rebounds. Peyton was really aggressive in scoring seven points, but his field goal, his overall field goal, was really pretty poorly, three of seventeen. So what I would like to see from Cameron Payne's is that his consistency of his contribution, whether it's his scoring or his passing, I did I did like the fact that he also grabbed you six rebounds. So that is really good. So even though he wasn't having his best game, that he knows that he can play, he was also making sure that the they they were controlling the rebound because they had thirty eight total re they had thirty eight total rebounds, which is really decent, you know. So I did like seeing Cameron Payne aggressive on the rebounding side, and Cameron Johnson is a really solid player off the bench now. I think that Shaman, as a starter, if you're only going to contribute nine points, you need to make better shot selection. You need to ensure that you know where your spots are, so you can easily get yourself more points to help elevate. Alleviate the pain of missing Devin Booker. If you're gonna be in the starting role, I believe you also need to be a bit more aggressive. I think the main story of this season so far in the first 18 games is really that the Warriors have taken a huge leap from missing the playoffs from missing the playoffs last season to being the first seed now overtaking the Phoenix Suns and one of the big stories behind that is Jordan Poole he is actually a third year player in the NBA slash G League having being bounced around but this year he's really upped his average from under 10 points to 12 points and now he's sitting at 18 points per game giving you also, in addition, three rebounds and three and a half assists. 
Yes, and even when he had an off game in the second game against the Phoenix Suns, he was making sure that he was making the right plays, grabbing the uh grabbing making the making the right plays, being aggressive. So that comes to show you that even though he has an off game, he doesn't forget the fact that where he came from, he consistently can impact in many other ways. He's also a great I know he plays the shooting guard while Klay Thompson's still nursing back to health, but he is more of a combo guard. With him out there, he can handle the ball. He has great handles. They're not just average or above average. They are actually pretty great. And also, he, although he, he can work on his turnovers a little bit, they will come down. But you could see that flair in his game. Just like when I was watching the college or European LaMelo ball and you see the flair, you do see some of that within his game. He is athletic enough. He can dunk. He can pass. And defensively, he plays well. So it is very exciting to have have him contributing. And with Klay Thompson back taking over, probably after a few games, taking over the shooting guard role, Jordan Poole, if he plays in the second unit or if Steve Kerr, Coach Kerr, decides to move him in for more offensive power, the Warriors can be very, very scary. So that is it for our analysis of the first two matchups between the two heavy hitters. Golden State Warriors, now number one seed after yesterday, and the Phoenix Suns. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. This is the end of today's episode. Please like, share with friends, and subscribe.